Welcome, welcome everyone to our worship service at the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village. We are so glad that you have joined us in person or online today for Pentecost Sunday, the birthday of the church. This is the day that the Lord has made. It is uh, good to see everybody today. Blessings, blessings upon you all. I want to uh, I want to just give my thanks to Christy for uh, uh, stepping in last Sunday and being my voice. Uh, it's hard to uh, preach somebody else's words, and so I'm I'm so thankful that she uh, did such a good job. Although she did have a couple side comments, didn't she? <laughs> I'm not sure what that was all about, but I I still think I'm thankful for uh, for her really good work. I appreciate that a great deal. Now, there's a couple service opportunities that I, I want to bring to your attention. This Wednesday, Many Mansions is uh, opening up, I guess, a, uh, a special project or something, and, and there's a need for greeters still. There might be. At least we thought there was. It's a groundbreaking for a new project. A groundbreaking for a new project. So Rick is here and Kathy is here, and they were looking to to get some volunteers, if we have some that would want to go, and the place is in Camarillo, so it's not that far away, and it will be Wednesday, so talk to one of them if that's something that, that you would like to help out with, to be a greeter for that. And on Thursday, there's a, a putting together of goodie bags that's going on for senior concerns um, for their love run. Uh, do you know that Don Philipson has become involved in the leadership of senior concerns, and so he's gonna be with us next Sunday while they are having the love run, but it's, he's going to be just ducking out of it to zip over here and then to zip on back. So he's going to be doing his own love run next, next Sunday. But this Thursday, there's a need for people to help uh, put those goodies together. So again, talk to Kathy if that strikes your fancy. We are uh, reconstituting the board of directors of our foundation to try to, to, try to get ourselves... Uh, fully on board with what we should be doing with this foundation. And so we have an opportunity for uh, parishioners, the volunteer, who would like to be a part of that foundation board. Now, your responsibilities are that you need to give $30,000 a year <laughs> to the foundation. Uh, no, the responsibilities are that, that you will be part of this team, this foundation board team, that will solicit and receive and manage, and then on occasion, as directed, disperse funds. So it's, it's that kind of financial thing or marketing kind of a thing that uh, is being asked of the board of directors. So now, if that seems to be something you'd like to do, I don't think they're going to meet very often, um, uh, please step forward and, and volunteer. Uh, Don Philipson will be uh, the, the chair of the foundation. So that's who you would be working with uh, principally, as well as uh, the financial people of the church. We have uh, an overwhelming number of flowers this morning, and we're, we're very thankful uh, to a couple sources. The, the middle is what was gifted to us from the memorial service we had yesterday for Kathy Drake. I hope you all remember her fondly, those of you in the, in the recent years, uh, a true dear heart that we're uh, sorry to, to have lost from among us, of, um, a long fight with cancer over the couple of years. She, what a warrior. So that, that is memorializing Kathy for us. Now on, on the, the two wings, though, are dealing with birthdays. And I see one birthday girl with us, but I don't see the other. Dee Crawford, one of these flowers, are for you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. 50 looks good on you. Well done. And, and the other is for uh, Peggy, uh, given by Boyd on behalf of Peggy Donovan's birthday. So uh, be sure to, to thank Dave and, and Boyd because they, they were the masterminds behind the flowers, I know. The wives had nothing to do with having the flowers show up. The husbands, yeah. All right, we are blessed today to uh, worship God. You can't do that all places around the globe. And in some communities, it feels kind of awkward to do that. 
we are blessed that we have the, the freedom and the opportunity to worship God. So let us center ourselves into the spirit of the living God and be in worship. Rise and breathe the stand for the call to worship and remain standing for the hymn and the invocation. Hear the witness about the first Pentecost from the book of Acts. We'll get it. We'll get it right. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth. A man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. Be therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you both hear and see. Come, Holy Spirit, come, fall afresh upon this day. Show us anew, O God, with your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come.
lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, we are blessed by your presence and grateful for how it nurtures and comforts us, inspires and empowers us. We live in your grace, share your love. You are blessing the sign of worship and we closer to you and lying by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, everybody. I was just sitting here getting ready for Sunday morning, and I was reading my Bible. It, today I'm reading the World Story Bible. And I was reading about Pentecost. And I know that's a really big word. That is the story of the birthday of the church. And I just wanted to read a little bit to you this morning. And it says, the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. A gust of wind blasted through the house in Jerusalem, and the disciples jumped up from the table. Andrew grabbed the bread, John and James grabbed the cups, the tablecloth flew in the air, and plates crashed to the floor. The disciples were celebrating the festival of Pentecost, but now their meal was a mess. Andrew dropped the bread in surprise, and a flame of fire floated over each of the disciples' heads. That's my thing of fire. It's a good thing. It's a little safer for me, huh, guys? Andrew pointed to the flames. Look! The disciples looked, and John and James dropped the cups. Peter and Simon's eyes grew wide. Bartholomew's and Philip's mouth dropped open, and Matthew, Thomas, and Matthias gasped. Thaddeus and the other James pointed at Andrew's head. You have a flame, too. Can you see these pictures? There's a little note at the bottom of this page with pictures that says, and that is why you should close the windows when you're eating dinner. Suddenly, the disciples began to speak in different languages, Latin, Greek, Arabic, all of the languages of the world. They rushed outside. We are filled with God's spirit, shouted Matthias. God is the ruler of all, Philip exclaimed, and the streets filled with the Jewish people in many countries were celebrating Pentecost in Jerusalem. Every person, no matter what, was speaking about God's power in their own language. There is so much power that happened that day. Let me show you one more picture of them all getting together. Why do you hear different languages? I think sometimes when we're out on the street, we live in a very diverse, meaning different state. And we get to hear Spanish, and we get to hear Korean, and we get to hear Chinese. I've heard French. Once in a while, I might hear a little English or two. How about you? So let's finish our story. It says, people could not believe their ears. Some in the crowd sneered. They could not believe that the disciples could actually speak all the languages. But many other people were amazed. Peter yelled, each of you hears our words in your own language. God's spirit has made this possible. Is that just amazing? All of a sudden, everybody could hear what each other was saying, no matter what their language. I dream of a day when we are able to do that. So today, on the birthday of the church, go out and have a piece of cake because we are now formed into Christian community. And remember that God loves you with your little thing of flame and the Holy Spirit with you. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for sending your spirit upon us to help us learn, to help us hear, and to guide us in our way. Please be with us today and throughout the week until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, it's time to go to class.
your teachers are reading in the back. Have a good day. Most holy God, on this Pentecost Sunday, our thoughts go to your sharing of spirit with us. And there are times when we recognize that it is with a mighty wind and a roar and a thunder that you make your presence known to us. Yet equally so, we know of your presence in a still, quiet voice and a gentle presence and a soft touch, a reassuring gaze. We thank you for how you manifest yourself to us and we pray that we would discern it more and more. Open us up to see your presence, to see your leading to see your work among us. We pray for our world. We pray for all the people of this world that we would find our way to sustain one another, to respect one another, to feed and shelter and house one another. We pray that we would learn the way of family with one another over whatever it seems to be we put up as barriers among us. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. May it come true that whatever language we are speaking in, wherever it is we are speaking that language, that we would know that we are part of one family, your family. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. Again, we lift up the Drake family and we lift up Herb Berger's family, their close friends, their loved ones, we, their friends, who are grieving their passing. We pray for comfort in our grief. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Sandy DeLong and Sarah Pierce. Pastor Anna, Dick Gustafson, and Steve as they deal with the effects of their cancer and their cancer treatments. Strengthen the loved ones around them to be supportive and nurturing in their care. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Lynn Dawkins' friend, Mary Veers, with esophageal cancer having surgery uh, this week at UCLA, and we pray for Barbara Gosh's cousin, Katie Joyce, who is suffering from, from breast cancer. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Mary Nolan, who is recovering from a fall at 102, and as challenging as that is, we would pray, Lord God, that you would be with her, help her through uh, this recovery. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray for Simone Doro's friend, Ann Webb, who at just 48 has suffered a stroke. We pray that you would be with her and help her in her rehabilitation, that you would steady her family and loved ones around her. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And on this Memorial Day weekend, uh, 
we pray what is often in our hearts. Prayers for, for those who have for those who have lost their loved ones serving in our armed forces. We pray for those dear souls that stepped forward and and gave of themselves for our country. We pray for their families, many among us here today who have lived on with that grief that has come through the loss of life in that service. And we pray your ongoing nurture and care amid that grief. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for the day when our killing each other will be in the past of the human. How long, O oh Lord, will it be until we find ways to get beyond that? Not just overseas, but here in our own country, in our own communities, in our own schools. We pray for that major transformation, the conversion from whatever this evil is to a wholeness of love and respect for one another. We pray that we would care for one another, that we would care for our uh, planet, its environment, that we'd care for our home. Help us, Lord. Help us to do what we can do. Help us to help others do what they can do. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For those suffering COVID and those still in the trenches caring for those with COVID, we pray your support, your power. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And we take a moment now to have private prayer to lift up those people and situations that are dear in our own hearts. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We celebrate the life of Kathy Drake. We give you thanks and praise for the joy that was a part of her life and the joy that we experienced being part of her life. We thank you for the visit with Pastor Rachel yesterday as she came to be a part of this celebration of life and the, the good news we hear about her family and about her ministry. And we thank you for uh, the baby shower that brought Simone to that uh, other state, to that gathering where uh, she worries of her good friend. There's joy in life, and we claim it, and we celebrate it, and we give you thanks, Lord God. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. May the good that we do be pleasing in your sight. We pray this all in your son's holy name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
Thank you, Gloria, and thank you, Jenny, and all the members of the choir. We love the music. Our scripture readings today are from the Gospels of Luke and John. Hear the words of Luke, chapter 22, verses 41 through 42. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Hear the words of John chapter 3, 1 through 6. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, John. So, uh, if I get a coughing spasm, here's the plan. It's Pentecost. I, I want you all to um, discern that as tongues, as God speaking in a unique language that you kind of know, but you don't really know what's being said, and just go like this, go, oh, and, and before you know it, it will be done, it will be passed, and, and we, can, we can move on. Hopefully that won't happen, but should it happen, just, it's Pentecost, treat it as tongues. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. Amen. We've been focusing these Sundays after Easter on Jesus. Not a bad idea for a Christian church to do that. The one who brings God to us and brings us to God. The one through whom we get a better understanding of God's nature and a better understanding of our own nature. And through whom we get a reassurance that more and more we can become like Jesus, we can emulate Jesus should we only give ourselves over to that spirit and work in partnership with that spirit through our lives. So we've been trying to give ourselves a leg up on that enterprise by identifying character traits of Jesus that we could indeed emulate. This is the kind of way Jesus was. This is how we ought to be. Kind of makes sense, don't you think? And, and the first one we identified is truthfulness. That Jesus told the truth. I, I haven't heard anybody say Jesus lied. And as I look back on Scripture, I don't remember any time Jesus lied. And so maybe the first thing we would have as a character trait and something we would emulate is that we would not lie. Truthfulness, clear and simple. Second, spirit above the law. Jesus knew the law's value in guiding us in holiness and righteousness, yet Jesus embraced the spirit of the law as more important than rigidity to the rules of the law. Something to think about something that might be more important to us. 
third, mercy greater than judgment. Jesus' mission was to uplift and save. His mission was not to condemn. Mercy is the method. Jesus showed that to us. It is what we should emulate. And fourth was being authentic. Did you, the, did you get that last week? The, to discern, claim, and to live into and to express your true identity as a child of God? Expressing anything other than that is not really authentic to who you are. There's a real you and a shadow you. There's a real you and a less than you you. Let the real you be the whole you. And then fifth today, uh, a last character trait for this period of time, and I'm calling it tapped into the spirit. Knowing his connection to God, Jesus centered into that Holy Spirit and lived his life informed and empowered by the Spirit. So this is, some, this is kind of awkward language for us 20 centuries later when we have the doctrine of the Trinity and we have all this fancy language about three persons and one and all of that. But if you, if you, if you move away from that far-gone conclusion of theology and you look at the incarnate God in Jesus of Nazareth, the language you should be using is that Jesus dwelt, claimed, lived in the spirit of God. He maximized, he tapped into that spirit, and he let that spirit inform him and shape him. And in the living of his life, we can see uh, clues for us, encouragement for us to do likewise, to let the Spirit of God move through us, affect us, direct us, support us. We're invited into that kind of intimacy with God, and we can have that kind of intimacy with God the promise of our faith. Lots of times people will will remark that you know the real nature of somebody when you see them under stress. Have you heard a a phrase like that, an observation like that? My sister believes that. My sister Jeannie, I don't know if she's been here in the six years I've been with you, but um, surely she will be before I retired. Jeannie's on was on the vestry of an Episcopal church up up north where she lives in Tiburon. And as they would change clergy when that time came, they would be evaluating new clergy candidates that that they would interview uh, to fill to fill the pulpit. And she shared with me that she took the measure of those candidates by how they acted just prior to the start of a worship service. When all the last minute things that's so important to worship and so important to all the laity that are gathered comes flying at the pastor, late acolytes, candles out of fuel, Dead mic batteries. What do we do? What do we do? Lost bulletins. Where are they? Slide errors. Oh, my Lord, it's not saying the right things. Sick liturgists. No one to make the coffee. Where are the cookies? Where are the tablecloths? Air conditioner doesn't work. The heater doesn't work. You know, all of those things that at one point or another in the week of church life in your lives has been like, So important. Jeannie would look how the candidate would handle that onslaught of stress and get a sense, get a measure of the person. 
the testing that comes with difficulties, I guess we really could say, reveals that of which we are made. It kind of makes clear our modus operandi, our, our way of doing life. Now, I think we can see the truth of this old saying in our first scripture reading this morning, the one in which Jesus is approaching the climax of his ministry. And it's clear to him, it seems, what's happening And it's clear to him where it's heading. And he's got an opportunity before it all comes crashing down on him to reverse course or to change course. He's right at the bottom of the pathway that he walked down on Palm Sunday. He can just pivot and walk back up that and take off. He's filled with a purpose, it seems, as well as being filled with an anxiety. And he prays. And in that prayer, we hear the recognition of his emotions. We hear the the expression of his personal fears, right? That's what's so compelling about this prayer is that we, we sense those personal fears. Yet we also can identify his desire to follow God's will. In the dark night of his soul, Jesus is reliant on God, on the Spirit. Jesus' God connection is so real and so, so intimate that he can earnestly pray a prayer like this prayer that we've got that reveals he is fully willing to follow God's lead wherever God's lead leads. It's truly amazing, really, when you step back and think about it. When we take into account the circumstances that are surrounding this prayer, it's amazing. It's an amazing faith. It need not be a foreign faith to us. How does a person tap into the Spirit to such an extent so that under such extreme circumstances that person can stay centered and stay faithful. I think Jesus speaks to this question I'm raising as he chats with Nicodemus during this late night encounter that John shares with us. It's a conversation in in my simple mind about spirituality. Jesus uses the phrase, being born of the Spirit. It's the transformation into a a new way of life, a life of spiritual intimacy with God that is birthed when one gives one's life over to God in faith through the Spirit. Now, as an aside, as a personal aside, let me say, it's, it really is a powerful and also a very fascinating process, this giving one's spirit over to God, this transformation, this birthing. In that, you can only go so far, you only can go so far in this area with thinking it all through You can only go so far with your reason. 
Reason helps us on the faith journey. It does indeed to, to figure out a lot of things, the consequence of faith to ethics, all, I mean, all sorts of things. Faith is nurtured by reason. It helps us to make sense of those pesky paradoxes that are, that are in our scripture. But it only gets us so far. You've got to be able to cast yourself off. What Kierkegaard called the leap of faith, the Cast yourself off from the sure footing, from your confident, sure footing of the material world and all of its reasonableness onto the wily currents of the spirit to take wing with God and spiritually fly. Jesus had tapped into the Spirit, a major trait of his. Foundational, right? Foundational to who he was. His reliance on the Spirit's lead and the Spirit's strength was able to carry him through the whole of his life, supporting and guiding him, it kept a wind under his wings for quite a journey. On Pentecost Sunday, on today, we celebrate that special gift of the Spirit as a consequence. That's how we make sense of it, as a consequence of Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. His gift to us, we say. We see in what we celebrate this day, we see the way God is working to draw us closer and closer to God. The way God is working to help us become better and better. It's the power, the transformative power of that spiritual connection. God keeps setting the banquet table and inviting you to come and eat. Come on. Come on. As modern children of God, did you get convinced you were last week? I hope. As modern children of God, we too have the opportunity of tapping into the Spirit, of relying on the Spirit and thereby being supported and guided by that Spirit, being strengthened and inspired by that Spirit. And the more and more we get ourselves out of the way, the more and more we're in Jesus' way. We would be wise, we would be wise to emulate Jesus in this regard, to consciously tap into the Spirit, not have it be accidentally. When we take Jesus into our lives, we invite the Holy Spirit to abide within us. This is how we think our faith works. And as Jesus abides in us, Jesus facilitates the spiritual process of new life, of renewed life, of transformed life. Yeah, so what does this really look like, huh? What does it really look like? How do we make a reality out of this mumbo-jumbo that I'm saying this morning. 
Well, I think the starting place, I think the starting place is to follow Jesus' advice to Nicodemus and intentionally give yourself over to God through Christ. If you haven't done that yet, do it now. Claim your identity as a child of God. Open the relationship with God in a new way, in a more intimate and powerful way. Give it a try. I think we start with what Jesus said to Nicodemus. It's more than your reason. It's more than your tradition. It's an immediate, powerful experience. Try it on. I think that's what he said. Then, to my mind, I think we start practicing and touching base with God often. It's not a one and done kind of a thing. We do it on a regular basis. We use prayer. We, we use simple meditative thoughts, perhaps, to keep ourselves in touch with God. I think the second step is to realize that there's a relationship here, and so you need to keep touching base. Did any of you have mothers or a mother, that said to you, check in so I know where you are. There was a freedom extended to us, but also a desire to stay in touch so that things would be well. Picture God like that kind of mother. Develop a consistent pattern of checking in. Touch base with God throughout your day. I used to have fun thinking about that, uh, what was that play or maybe it was a movie that, um, uh, the rabbit, the invisible rabbit on the shoulder or something? Harvey, Harvey. He kept checking in with Harvey. I'm not encouraging mental illness. (laughs) But I'm encouraging a mindfulness The Spirit walks with you in your life. Be mindful of God's presence, right? Touch base throughout the day. Keep that channel open. Keep aware of your connection. Let it influence you. Yeah, so as far as your decisions and your words and your actions of life are concerned, you know, until it becomes more more natural and more pervasive for you in your thinking to have God lead you, before that's really just kind of natural and it's happening and it's happening, it's probably good to punctuate your days, those moments of consciousness with God, of connecting with God, Punctuate those days intentionally with pauses and reflections and and say to yourself, what's God's hope here? In this mess that's happening, what, what is God hoping for here? What would be God's hope in this circumstance that I find myself? How would God have me proceed? How does this situation, this interaction, this moment, how does this look like to God? Does God see this as treacherous waters for my soul or is this a moment of blessing? What does God see here? Can I see what God sees here? God, help me to see what you see here. Is this whole thing going in God's direction? Or is this going in some other direction? 
what bus am I on here? Where is it going? Simple questions to ask until you build a confidence that your discernment is God-inspired. Probe and ask. And finally, daily, and if not daily, occasionally, take opportunities to dive deep into the spirit. Don't always swim at the shallow end or fly just a few feet off the ground. Recall how Jesus is remembered as going often off by himself to pray with God. What was that about? It's important to have extended, nourishing, nurturing times in the spirit with God. Jesus needed that. Don't you think you might need that too? Jesus benefited from that. Don't you think you might benefit from it too? These moments of Jesus were special moments of prolonged intimacy, which led to his renewed strength, his empowered insights. Go deep into the spirit so you can go long with God. Give the time. Do the work of study, of meditation, of prayer, of worship, get your knees a little calloused. To get where you want to go, you've got to get going to where you want to go. That made sense, didn't it? To get where you want to go, you got to get going. To where you want to go. You're not going to get to where you want to go if you don't get going to where you want to go. It does make sense. The Spirit is here to help you. That is the, the blessing of the lesson of Pentecost. The Spirit is here to help you, not to hinder you. Have the Spirit help you discern God's will and God's desire for your life, and then, dear friends, follow it. So take these, take these character traits to heart. The, the, the truthfulness, the mercy greater than judgment, the cleaving to the Spirit to animate the law, the, the being authentically who you are, not authentically who you shouldn't be and the tapping into the spirit. Take all of these to heart and let that spirit that you tap into help you to blossom fully into the child of God that you are. Amen. So tap into your spirit, tap into your wallets. The church does so many wonderful things. We have so many missions. I'm blessed to be part of the finance committee and I see what we do. And it's, it's very thrilling and, and it's just, it's great that we do what we do. So the ushers are gonna come forth and there'll be instructions on the screen and uh, tap into the spirit.
Let us pray. Holy God, we ask that you bless these gifts and those who give them, that our ministries in your Son's Spirit might thrive, helping your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. <laughs> sermon series has been a, a blessing to you. I hope each time you come into this church, whether you come for worship or you come for study or you come for some good cookies and coffee, <laughs> whatever it is you come here, you find that there is a sweet, sweet spirit, that there is a, a love of God pervading this space and being expressed and overflowing uh, the lives of the people here. May that be our reality, amen? amen? May that be our truth. And I hope that you can find those things in Jesus that just appeal to you in such a way that you know, that is what I need to get after so I can be closer to God, so I can be more at peace in my own life. Do that. It's God's invitation to you. Live into the Spirit and blossom in your unique beautiful way that God has made you to be. Stay safe. Be healthy. Know that you are loved. We go in God's spirit, seeking peace and justice, letting love be all we say and do. Be blessed by that Holy Spirit and be a blessing through that spirit to others. Amen.